Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Ed Russo here. And meteorologist Tom Russell catching up with uh, everyone. So we appreciate uh, you tuning in and uh, seeing what's going on. <laughs> Ed and I were joking that as weather folks, this has been boring. And I don't know if you heard, but I mentioned that on the air last uh, week. And I got called into the boss's office saying, don't say the weather's boring. We don't want people to tune out. <laughs> I guess he has a point, but it has been boring. I'm not, I didn't exaggerate that, hey, right? Yeah, wait, wait, you really got called in? Yeah. I really did. He goes, let's not say the weather's boring. Let's find a reason to watch. And I'm like, well, boring for me <laughs> as a meteorologist. Well, I mean, I, you got to relate to the viewers. And, it, you know, it's like just there's nothing going on all the time. All the time. You were saying that yesterday in a, in a meeting that we had, that uh, we would love to talk about this or that. And there's just there's no storms to talk about. Yeah. You know, maybe I should kind of, I think maybe I should kind of um, reiterate why we've been snowless. All right. Why? Well, I could just kind of reiterate the La Nina pattern and why. Yeah, we, say, we say it's because of La Nina, but why? Because so all the snow's out of west. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I can explain that. Maybe I'll do a story on it. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> well, Steve Knight actually brought up to me that as we celebrate President's Day, this is the anniversary, the 20th anniversary of the President's Day storm of 2003. Remember? Now, you were a much younger fellow than I, but uh, it was it was a big one. It was uh, in that 20 inch range for most of central PA. So, yeah, uh, I, I remember that well. Storm? On the eve of that snowfall, <clears throat> I was at the. Um, YCIAA York County Swimming Championships, the county Ooh. county championship meet. So then you go to districts and then you go to states. I didn't even make it. Nice. So yeah, so Did I just they cancel it. I uh, well, no, I think the whole meet it was at York High. Uh -huh. York High, um, which I think was William Penn at the time. Okay. And, um yeah, it, it happened like two full days and then I think uh, about six to 12 hours after it, it it ended, it started to snow and wow. it just, it just went on and on. And I remember on. that snowstorm was particularly cold. I mean, I mm -hmm. think when the snow was falling, it was 11 degrees. Wow. I, yeah. I remember being here at the station. It started falling on a, on a Sunday and then it was Sunday into President's Day. But I remember that same thing where it just kept coming, just kept coming. And yeah, uh, it was pretty amazing to see that stuff pile up. And typically, you know, when it snows around here, it's between 25 and 30 degrees. Yeah, you said it was 11. Yeah, that one was 11. That was a particularly cold storm. And I think we got a lot of the accumulation because the snow was so high ratio. Right. You know, colder, you get that fluffier snow. So yeah, yeah and it blew around quite a bit. So yeah, that was a... That, that was, was a doozy. That was uh, a Yeah, I think Steve left me a note here. It was 18.3 in one day, and that was on its way into the 20s for uh, a storm total. But yeah, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. So we contrast that. Go ahead. And that snow had hung around for a few weeks. Because it was cold, right? Yeah. Like, and we had a, so that, so you, you know, when you talk about storms, they're usually on the cusp of a pattern change. So that right. storm came on the edge of a very extended cold pattern. And I don't think that melted for two, three weeks. And what is this cold you speak of? I don't recall this stuff. Cold snow. You're you're speaking a strange language to me this year. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I said, like, I, my mind knows what it is, but I can't, I can't remember what it looks like or feels like. So that is the contrast. So here we are setting uh, close to records as far as our warm temperatures go. And uh, folks who love winter, love snow, just so frustrated because, as you alluded to, the pattern just has not been the case for central PA. So in our prediction for the winter, we saw a backloaded uh, winter, which meant, you know, things were going to come late in the season. But I never saw this. I mean, we were so warm in January. We were top five warm. Uh, and now February is on its way to be doing that. I, I did not see that coming. Yeah, it, it has been. It has been incredibly mild. And I think as we get closer to uh, it does still look like we're going to have a few more opportunities for cold by the end of the month. But I, I don't really see that linking up with a a storm that would give us really any appreciable snow. All right. So the big question is, could we still pull off some winter weather in March, even April? Uh, I remember 93, we had, uh, you know, obviously a late season big storm. Uh, we've had snow as late as Easter sometimes. What's your thought or feeling on on being that late this year? Yeah, I think it's possible, but I I mean I I I could see us not getting a, even a three to six inch storm at all at all. Wow, I, I was just surprised. reading I was reading here that Pittsburgh, Philly, and somewhere else they're they're like all time lows of snow. People forget we've had five point nine inches of snow this season, so yeah. we're not snow free by any means. I mean, it feels like it, but we have had some snow, so we're not as uh, snow drought as they are but i'm curious about this statistic have we seen um a, like a, a record low amount of days where we have snow on the ground because those two days where we got snow it mm -hmm. melted within 12 hours that's a good point so i would think we we would have to have a yeah some kind I mean, of record least snowy days or something like that least 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 amount of days with snow on the ground i would guess maybe we're at three or four right now at most yeah, at most yeah well if you remember we had a little bit back in november yeah we did i forgot about we had a little november snow and then a little bit right before christmas a little bit in january but uh it's it's been hard hard coming all right so you're thinking maybe march maybe april now my original thought when we were putting the whole season together is we'd have this late burst of cold but then we'd have an early spring so what i was kicking around in my mind is maybe we've already reached that early spring <laughs> what do you think yeah. about that yeah i think that I, yeah that's po certainly possible i mean it's just these number of days in a row that we've been in the 50s and 60s i mean like last week the whole seven-day forecast was 50s and 60s and it looks that way next week as we record this so it's yeah. like Jeez, could we yeah. really be that warm uh, for this long? And the other thing is the overnight lows. I mean, you have overnight lows in February holding in the upper 40s right around 50. That's crazy. Yeah, I think tonight we don't drop out of the mid 50s. Yeah. I mean, as of, as of this recording, right? Thursday that's night. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right. Know. So are we giving people any hope at all? A little hope. A I mean, little I, hope. I don't. Yeah, this isn't the season. If you're if you're a snow lover, you know, I just I just don't think we're going to be there. Well, we did a story on CBS 21 about, you know, uh, hardware stores. They have an excess of snow blowers, snow shovels, salt, uh, you know, so your heart breaks for them. The, the snow plow guys, they're usually the guys who are cutting the lawns in the summer. They count on the winter for some extra income not happening. And then your heart breaks for a round top. I mean, I know they blew some snow early in the season, but, you know, you can't sustain any kind of snow base when you're not getting those cold nights. 
Right. So I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, you think about snow causing a mess, but people do rely on that cleaning up aspect as income. So it hurts in an area that's really hurts. Yeah. It's supposed to be getting, getting more snow. That's not so. All right. So we do think there's going to be some cold here in the, in the pipeline, but obviously climatologically, the worst of winter is over. Uh, so what we see now is you get these little cold snaps. They only last a day or two. There's there's no prolonged snow at this point or uh, cold at this point in the season. Right. Right. Um, so that, you know, all the spring weather, you know, kind of gets us into that spring season mood, obviously. And what we talk about in spring is is severe weather. Right. Well, are we, are we going to jump right to that? Is that what you're thinking? No, no, I don't think we're going to jump right to that, but. I mean, a month and a half, it is April. And April, yeah. that's usually when we see our first. Yeah, late April, usually. Yeah, strong storm event moving through the area. And we've already seen a fairly active season through the southeast. They've had several tornado days and outbreaks. Um, you know, so could that signal a little earlier start for us if we continue on this warm pattern? Yeah, I mean, as of this podcast recording, even even uh, Thursday night, um there could be some strong storms over Western Pennsylvania. Right. Yeah. Not that far away. So right. um, speaking of that, a couple of years ago, we did have tornadoes in February. We did. I remember, there was one, I remember that. We had one uh, just east of us over in, uh, towards Berks County that struck, uh, was called Blue Mountain Academy. I forget what the school was. I think it was called that. Uh, they actually got struck. Uh, there was one uh, Lancaster got struck. Um, so obviously not, unheard of but we've been in the 70s in february with uh with some severe weather but um you know so it's always it's always that, good to be prepared i guess that that storm that ripped apart part of that strip mall in uh northeast pa mm -hmm. that, that was a strong one that was almost an f3 yeah yeah i think i think that was a strong ef2 or something was that a february storm yeah that was a february tornado in northeast pa that's right. It was February. I think, I think that was a strong one. Wow. And it actually, I remember it. It actually kind of had that wedge look. Like it was a yeah. wide, strong tornado. Right. Which is fairly rare for uh, for us. Um, all right. Well, speaking of severe weather, you're working on a pretty cool story that's going to air on CBS 21, but it has to do with uh, some students at your alma mater. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the project that they're working on is called Tilting. Um, it basically talks about uh, basically what their, uh, mission is, is to figure out what key ingredients touch off, uh, severe thunderstorms and ultimately produce tornadoes. So it's an acronym. It's T I L T T I N G. So like tilting, right. except with right. an extra T in the middle. So what it stands for is, um, Tilting, it stands for Thermodynamic Investigation of LCL Thresholds During Tornado Genesis and Its Influence in the Northeast and Great Plains. <laughs> they even <laughs> used the ING part of it. <laughs> they, they, they did. So uh, basically, um, the, the story, I didn't get into the specifics for obvious, obvious reasons. I would They would need my news director and producer. They would need to give me three hours. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Basically, one of the key, um, so when you're talking about tornadoes, the, one of the things you need is 
one of the key ingredients that everybody knows is contrasting air temperature. You need you need fronts. You know, you warm air clashing with cold air, moist right. air clashing with dry air. You need all that clashing together. Um, you need shear, winds blowing at different directions as you go up, blowing at different speeds as you go up into the atmosphere. So shear and difference in temperature, everybody kind of knows that's what you need for tornadoes. There, there are other variables, though, that are on deck that you know researchers look at, and one of them is called LCL, which is lifted condensation level. Condensation level right. Yeah, and that basically is the level at which you have to lift a parcel of air for it to cool enough for clouds to form. So mm -hmm. as you go up into the atmosphere, the air cools. And as that cooling happens, these this moisture that's in the air will eventually condense and form cloud droplets. And that's where you'll see your cloud deck. That's where you see your cloud deck. So your cloud base, when you're, you know, if you've ever been outside on a summer day and you've seen those puffy cumulus clouds, they all look like they have the same flat base. Right. That flat base that you see on, on all the clouds, the base looks the same on all of the clouds around you. That's the lifted condensation level. So you're actually visually seeing it when you're outside. Okay. Um, so that's kind of a visual understanding of it. Now, what they're trying to figure out is that there does seem to be a relationship between a tornadic environment and the LCL and the level of, and you the condensation level. There's a certain threshold at which more tornadoes would occur. Is so it seems, it seems that in the Eastern US, the lower, so the Northeast and the deep South, the lower your LCL, the lower your lifted condensation level, the more tornadic the environment. That's not necessarily the case for the Great Plains because in the Great Plains, sometimes you have a really high LCL, but you still have a very tornadic environment. So that that it it it, it changes. It they're noticing that the variable might be different depending on what spot you what geographic spot you are in the country. Interesting. Yeah. So they were getting really, really into the weeds here with with um, trying to figure out what spawns tornadoes. I mean, it sounds like a pretty basic question, but uh, it, it is one of the biggest questions in meteorology is why some severe thunderstorms produce tornadoes and others don't. So we know we can predict an environment that looks very tornadic. Like we can say, hey, in the deep south in two days, it looks like we're going to have some big tornadoes. Like we can see that. But what right. about... What about an individual thunderstorm? When the thunderstorms start breaking out, why does storm A here produce a tornado and storm B 10 miles north not when they're in the same exact environment? So yeah. that, that level of predictability, if we if we if we were able to get that level of skill, I mean, we'd be able to forecast tornadoes before they even happen. Wow. So that's yeah. that, that's the basis behind all of this. It's continuing to answer that age-old question. And ultimately, all all this is doing is at the end of the day, it's we're trying to save lives and property, or they're trying to save lives and property with their research so that we can warn these storms earlier. Is this a project they're working on this semester and we'll have some answers, or is this going to play out over? It's ongoing. It's ongoing. It's funded. Um, it's going to be a continuing project. The, the hardest part is getting a good data sample. So they uh -huh. have a drone. They have a fixed wing drone. So the drone we fly at CBS 21, Skyview 21, that's a quadricopter. So it's a drone that you can lift and you can fly around and it can hold position and hover. Mm -hmm. The drone they have, they're going to fly right into a tornado with a probe. 
They wait, built wait, wait. That's like uh, Twister. It is. It's put, very much uh, like Dorothy in there. Yes, exactly. So that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's the same thing. Dorothy, I think they set on the ground. Right. This one, they're actually flying into the tornado. So the drone's going to most likely be a total loss, but the data is going to be ingested immediately once the probe gets inside. That's just like Twister. That's really cool. It is. It is. It is. So, so what we're hoping for, uh, are they hoping that happens in central PA, the severe weather or where they uh, gonna... well, they, they do have a, you know, obviously this is very fluid because, um, uh, fluid dynamics. Yeah. I see what you did. There. Yeah. Yeah. See what I did there. <laughs> yeah. So obviously this is very fluid because, um, it depends on when there's going to be an outbreak. They do have a window in May for two weeks where they're going to try to go out to the great plains. Oh, so they do, they're going to do a little chase then. Yeah, but they'll do it here too. I mean, these these guys also intercepted the tornado in uh, Mullica Hill, New Jersey during I Ida. I remember that. Yeah, you did yeah, a so, for that. Yeah. Yep. So this is the same group of guys. So it, it appears that the meteorology majors were just as enthusiastic uh, now as they were when I went to school. Uh, <laughs> you mean way back when? When you way had, back uh, when? Yeah, you um, were. Uh, you and uh, Ben Franklin were flying kites, if I remember back then. I know, I know. <laughs> testing, testing electricity with, uh, with golf. All right, well, when does your story air on CBS Twenty One? So it airs on Monday at eleven. Okay, so Monday, Monday 11, February. Yeah. What is it? February the twentieth. Oh, that's uh, President's Day. Okay. Yeah, that's President's so, Day. and then uh, after that, it'll live on the website if you want to check it out at CBS Twenty One dot com and thanks for covering all that that sounds like a great story yeah yeah it should be should be a good time and hopefully we'll do another story if they end up chasing locally so well they better invite us if they do that yeah um, i'm working on that i'm working <laughs> on that that is in the that is in the good that in the that plans yeah that happens yep all right well great to catch up with you my friend all right you too tom i will talk to you soon all right see ya